We all want to live a fulfilling, authentic, and expansive life. But how do we do that? How can we access our deepest inner resources? Today, author and coach Robert Rabin shares his thoughts about discovering the wisdom, clarity, and direction that lies inside of everyone. Hi, welcome to Your Great Journey. Each week, we offer you brief tips, techniques, and insights to help you move in positive directions and master big change. For more information, please visit yourgreatjourney.com. Your Great Journey is brought to you by audiobook publisher Wetware Media. Wetware Media publishes a wide variety of personal transformation audiobooks available from any major online audiobook retailer. For more information, please visit wetwaremedia.com. That's W-E-T-W-A-R-E-M-E-D-I-A.com. Robert Rabin is the author of the audiobook, The Sacred Hub, Living in the Shimmering Light of Your True Self. This audiobook is an inspiring collection of essays on meditation, self-inquiry, awareness, freedom, and more. It's an uplifting guide through the process of questioning, reframing, and deepening awareness that will help you discover your own infinite nature, one of enduring happiness and peace. In today's conversation, Robert talks about how to reframe problems so that we aren't contracted and anxious, allowing us to more easily access the inner resources and capacity we have for insight, presence, and action. He shares thoughts on the power of accessing the still space beyond the mind, the source of our deepest inner wisdom and clarity. Thanks for listening to this conversation with Robert Rabin, author of the audiobook, The Sacred Hub, Living in the Shimmering Light of Your True Self. We all, to some degree or another want to live a truthful, meaningful, fulfilling, and purposeful life. How do we do that? The Sacred Hub, to me, is a book all about that. So it's really for anyone and everyone who want to live a conscious, fulfilling, creative, expansive, and most of all, free life. Silence is definitely a recurring theme of the book, and I think we should appreciate the irony of trying to define and explain silence in words, which is, of course, what we have to do. Silence is the word I use that points in the direction of a state of consciousness or being wherein the mind, the thought stream, is completely still. It's actually a very common experience that people have universally. The issue, though, is the degree to which we depend upon events to trigger silence. For example, walks in nature, music, an artistic pursuit where we become very concentrated. There are all kinds of ways in which people will suddenly experience an inner opening, a depth, an expansion, and a sense of unity and belonging with everything in which there's no thoughts. I call that silence. The silence that the book refers to, the silence of the sacred hub, however, does not need to be catalyzed or triggered by anything 
that silence is a permanent and always accessible state within oneself. So if we learn how to access that silence on our own, then we can basically live in that state of silence, even as we go through our daily life, even as we think, even as we speak. The mind itself does not create the problems because our real home, if I could put it that way, is silence. That's where we live. That's a permanent state. And so silence is very important in that book and actually in all the work I've ever done. And it's where I actually live, in spite of the fact that I'm a speaker and a writer. I live in that state of silence. And it's very important for people to know about it and to endeavor to create a relationship to that. Over the years, I've had a lot of role titles. I've been a consultant and a coach and a speaker and a public speaking teacher and so on. And in all those roles, I've worked with people. And I've worked with hundreds, if not thousands of people over the years. And they always bring a problem to me, some kind of a problem. The first thing I do is reframe problem to, let's call it, a situation requiring our attention. That's not just a semantic distinction, because there are some words that when we hear them in our mind, when we use them, they call forward some immediate action like fear. If someone says, I'm afraid, the next thing is, well, we've got to do something about it. So it is with the problem. I've got a problem. What happens? Well, we usually develop some anxiety, if not fear, Anxiety and fear cause us to contract, and we begin to look for solutions to a problem that we've lost touch with because now our whole being is contracted in fear and anxiety, and that's really what we want to get out of first. So what I do is go, let's not create a situation whereby everything in us feels we've got to do something right away. Let's reframe. You can even feel the difference. I have a problem Here's a situation requiring some attention. Two entirely different things. The situation requiring attention doesn't cause us to contract, become anxious or afraid. And because of that, we can more easily access the inner resources and capacity we have for knowledge, presence, action, wisdom, and clarity, which is, we could say, part of the gifts of silence. I mean, I tell people I've never in my life had a problem, and I don't. A few years ago, I was diagnosed with stage four terminal lung cancer and told I had a few months to live. I still didn't see even that as a problem. I thought, well, okay, this is, this is definitely a situation that requires attention, but it wasn't a problem because when we say it, it gets too full of other things that cause us to be confused and so on. So for me, you know, let's not have problems. Let's stay open and grounded and unanxious and unafraid and simply keep noticing situations that require more attention and more energy. It will make a big difference. This is the magical thing about the book. We can all say be present, live in the now, but what does that actually mean? 
To me, it means that we live outside the thought stream in a spontaneous manner, in a manner of freedom and creativity. We could call it the sacred hub. It's probably the right, (laughs) we should probably use that term now. And so the book is helpful because it actually is a lifeline to the sacred hub. So it's not dogmatic. It is something that literally frees you from the mind and allows you to create more and more intimacy with the sacred hub from which place wisdom, clarity, love, unity flows unceasingly. The audiobook is fantastic and sensational. I listened to it and I loved it. And now let's listen to a part of it. Part one. Inquiry. One. The Sacred Hub. This book does not contain information or ideas the mind can readily comprehend and use. My statements are not solid answers. They are provocations for deeper questioning, deeper contemplation of how we are to live. In this contemplation of ourselves, we seek to examine thought itself, to uproot and discard all our false imaginings so that we can live with innocence and purity. The light that illuminates the questioner is the silence of the sacred hub. One way to enter the sacred hub is through inquiry. Inquiry is simply the starting place from which to go deeper into the unplumbed depths of inner awareness. Questions that pertain to life should not be answered immediately. They should not be assaulted with what is already known. Rather, these questions should provoke careful and deep reflection about the question and about the questioner. This spiraling inquiry leads us beneath the conditioned mind to awareness itself. The Indian poet Kabir once wrote, I reached the place inside me where the world is breathing. It is into this billowing awareness that inquiry takes us. The mind wants to understand, to grasp some specific meaning. Inquiry, however, does not provide this. Inquiry sabotages the mind and its need for security and certainty. Inquiry confounds the mind's patterns to allow the awareness behind the mind to reveal itself. Through inquiry, we seek to awaken a capacity of self-knowledge which is deeper than thought and prior to the impressions of acquired knowledge. What we already know is of the past, a moat against new and fresh insight. Insight in the present is not conditioned by the past. Insight in the present is being, and it is this being, free and unconditioned by acquired knowledge, that inquiry awakens and arouses. The intelligence of our being is an innate capacity. It is wisdom. In arousing our innate wisdom, we can clarify ourselves and our actions. We can illuminate the very causes of conflict, doubt, and fear within us. This path of inquiry is a direct and unmediated way to realize our essential nature. When we discover our essential nature, when we recognize who we are, through deep and persistent inquiry, we become free. I have found, as perhaps you have, that there is a tremendous knowing that leaps into mind when it is silent when it has given up trying to understand, 
when all of its false imaginings and projections have been exposed. Inquiry takes us into this depth of silence, and then the silence reveals itself like primordial breathing. This kind of knowing is transmitted to us as pure revelation, unformed by words and images. It is like a potent dye released in an ocean that instantly permeates every drop. When we open ourselves to this deep unconditioned knowing, we too are completely permeated. Entering this inner silence unifies and makes whole what had seemed piecemeal and fragmented. In this wholeness, we experience a oneness of being in which the tension of feeling separate from life disappears, in which internal and external conflicts are resolved in an encompassing clarity. I call this silent intelligence, this wholeness, the self. The self is not a thing, like a brick, nor is it an abstraction, like patriotism. The self is pure primordial awareness, the supremely intelligent current of life that enlivens and animates everything in existence. It is a fountain of insight and clarity, a presence that is the fragrance of reality. The guidance of the self is what we all turn to in times of need. The self is the sacred hub of the universe, out of which everything else appears, and around which everything revolves. We have all experienced intimations of the self, and we have all experienced its cleansing effect on the confusion, fear, and doubt of the mind. The self is outside of time, outside of convention, outside of expectation, outside of self-concept. It is an illumination in which everything merges into an ineffable oneness. It is a rapture of self-transcendence. This is the place in which the whole world breathes, and it is the place that is aroused and awakened through persistent inquiry into our lives and into the nature of the mind and of the separate self with which we normally identify. It is a place known to us, though we may not remember, familiar, though we may not admit it, treasured, though we may discount it, utterly real, though we cannot prove it. Can you imagine trying to explain love to someone who has not experienced it? This is the irony of the self. We are all searching for the love of the self, but we cannot explain this to ourselves or to others. So we look for the self where it isn't, in objects and ideas, and remain unfulfilled. The self can never be known in the way we know how to repair cars. It can never be measured. It can never be proven. It simply is, without qualification or condition. The self is beyond any measure, any knowing, any experience. The self is always present, always moving from the hub to its spokes. Modern science tells us that within our very own cellular structure is the imprint of energy released when the universe was first created, that we have the dust of ancient stars in our hair. We say this, but we don't actually grasp it. If we could actually grasp it, we would see in a flash that we are part of that supreme creative force that is even now creating and dissolving immense galaxies and dimensions whose measures cannot be taken. We would put everything else to the side and give ourselves fully and freely to this force which pulsates in each human heart as the self. When we enter this creative force of the sacred hub, we are able to answer the questions of living through being. The only impediment is the outward-turned mind which, 
creates, projects, and identifies with false imaginings. In this way, we look for truth where it isn't. Our only problem is that we are estranged from the self. There is a natural expansion of awareness that occurs in silence. This silence emerges in a deep and profound relaxation of thinking when one turns the attention within. This expansive awareness is inherent to everyone. In this awareness, we glimpse the self. This silent awareness speaks without words and acts without thought. Whether speaking or acting, the self is striking and sudden. Its clarity is spontaneous. We might think that only special people are endowed with this knowledge of the self, but this knowledge of the self is within each of us. All we have to do is see what is within us. We tend to discount our own capacity to know the self now as we are. We tend to distrust the spontaneous knowing that comes to us from silence, from the self, because it often contradicts and violates the conventions of our own thinking. Still, there is something within us which can hear reverberations from the place where the world is breathing. The mind can't fathom those things which are only known through being. When we face the vast, eternal silence of the self, the mind stops. When the mind stops, an eruption of pure awareness pours through the gaps between our thoughts. In that timeless moment, we become what we are, the self. The self shines when the mind falls into the silent awareness that we have all experienced. My teacher, Swami Muktananda, said that the love of the inner self is alive within each of us as a divine flame. All we have to do is turn our attention inward. He said, if you understand your own self, you will never have to learn how to love because you will become the embodiment of love. You are the source of love. Give up all your worries and try to understand who you are. This love is the real teacher, the real teaching, the real path. This love is what we seek and it is who we are. This love is the language of the self. We should give ourselves freely to the self. We should enter the sacred hub of the heart and live in our real self. Here, with tears of rapture streaming from our grateful eyes, we will be what we are, restored through love to wholeness, peace, and joy. Thanks for listening to this conversation with Robert Rabin, author of the audiobook, The Sacred Hub, Living in the Shimmering Light of Your True Self. You can purchase the complete audiobook from any major online audiobook retailer. If you'd like more information, please visit yourgreatjourney.com. Please be sure to subscribe to the show so you don't miss an episode. And if you like the show, please rate it and review it. And please share it with friends who might also enjoy it. Thanks for listening. See you next week. Your Great Journey is brought to you by audiobook publisher Wetware Media. Wetware Media publishes a wide variety of personal transformation audiobooks available from any major online audiobook retailer. For more information, please visit wetwaremedia.com. That's W-E-T. W-A-R-E-M-E-D-I-A dot com.